Hello and welcome to In The Pod, a place where we discuss mindset, creativity, growth, and positivity. Thank you for listening. Let's dive in. Kayla, welcome. We are finally here. (laughs) We're here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It took us it took us some time, but we but we made it. Um, yeah, this is the first episode, and so we're going to uh, we're going to take this whatever direction it goes. Let's do it. Perfect, perfect. Uh, so how are you? How are you? Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Can't can't complain despite everything going on. I have to say I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. There's, I feel like there's a lot going on, um, and it's really hard to put it in. It's really hard to just put it into one simple, simple thought. Um, like, how do you, what do you feel about what's going on right now? It's just the, you know, the pandemic and everything that's just happening with social distancing and and all of these kind of like restrictions that we've had to deal with. How do you, how do you feel about what's going on? Yeah, I feel I feel a lot of things. That's a big question. I feel all the feelings that I know everyone is feeling. Um, but I think right now the the biggest thing getting me through this time where everyone is feeling uneasy, everyone is feeling anxious, everyone is feeling completely uncertain and out of control is focusing on what we can control. And everyone keeps saying that and it's very true. And I think it's something that we all need to hone in on is how we focus on the things in our lives that we can still control. And it's scary because in our lifetimes, as long as we've been alive, every single person in this world, we have never been through this before. And so we've never felt this out of control. And when we're able to just hone in and focus on the things that we can control, I think it just brings a little bit more normalcy into life. Um, focusing on the the communication we have with who we're talking to, focusing on how we're acting day to day, even if we are inside of our homes, focusing on the food that we're making for ourselves, focusing on the conversations we're having, focusing on the routines we're creating for ourselves. So for me, the biggest thing is just controlling what I can and doing whatever else I can to not allow the things that I can't control to come into my life. The control, that's a really, that's a really great uh, point because, you know, like we really don't have any control over, over the adjustments, you know, we have, we have control over the adjustments, but we don't have control over, you know, all these mandatory, these mandated things that mm-hmm. things we have to do locally or, or things that are affecting us as far as, um, the economy goes and work. There's just a lot of things in that aspect we have zero zero control over. Um, you know, I even having friends in California. Uh, it's you know it's uh, we're in Arizona, we're in Phoenix, Arizona, and it's it's a it's from my perspective a little bit more tamer than mm-hmm. it is in, in California. And you're from California, so um, yes. I'm sure you you may have talked to people that are out there right now. Um, what have you what have you kind of gotten as far as like any perspective you know being from there and and maybe even talking to friends from there from from out there what kind of perspective have you gotten from out there yeah so I think it's just different honestly so my whole family is there my parents are there uncles grandparents 
all my childhood high school best friends and college friends. So most of my people are in California. And for me, it's scary because I can't help but wake up every day and you worry about your family, you worry about people who you know are being impacted on a different level than you because I think we are so lucky to be in Arizona where of course it is happening and it is real and we are doing what we can to stop it but it's not nearly as scary I would say well I shouldn't say that because for some people who are dealing with it it absolutely is but it isn't as in our faces as it is in somewhere like California or especially somewhere like New York um my family has been safe and I'm very grateful for that but I you can tell the fear is different there. You, as of today, I was just talking to my best friend earlier and they won't let you into Target if you're not wearing a mask. So to me, wow. that level of restriction where you aren't wow. being, and it's for the better, right? It's for the safety, mm -hmm. but to just think that we are at this place in life where you can't go into a store without like covering your breath basically is a scary time. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. we're blessed to be in Arizona. It's still scary, but I think we have to also realize that there's so many people, everyone's taking it differently and everyone's dealing with a different level of it, but it just puts things into perspective when you do know people in those situations that are different than you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. I can understand that. Um, you know, we can, <laughs> we could dive really deep into, into, into this conversation just about, just COVID in general and, and mm -hmm. the effect it's having on us personally, the effect it's having on our, our community and our family and friends, we can, we can definitely dive deep into that. Um, I just want to kind of switch gears and really um, just talk about you being from California um, and just, you know, from knowing you, we've been friends um, for a few months now and, um, you know, we met based, based upon you being a yoga instructor and, me going to one of your classes and just really enjoying that class energy and just, you know, seeing your energy and like your passion behind, you know, yoga and uh, leading people and teaching people, mm -hmm. you know, where did that, you know, where did that passion come from? Um, you being from California, like what, what, what kind of stemmed that was, was it something that early that you learned? Like, how'd you kind of figure out, you know, these are the things that I want to do at, you know, at such a young age, you're, you know, you're only 24. And so, um, being at that age and, and being um, willing and, and having the desire to like lead and teach people at an early age is, I think is a special gift. And so where, where did that kind of start? Where'd that stem from? So it's hard to pinpoint it. So I'm going to take you through a little bit of a journey here, but growing up in California, so I was born and raised in California, born in Palmdale and then lived in Valencia. That's where my parents still live. I was always deeply involved in sports. So my brother played youth football. I was always a competitive cheerleader. He played in high school. I cheered in high school. I ran track. So athletes, athletics, I should say, were definitely a big part of my life with, within my family. And that led me to, when I went to college, I went to the University of Michigan. Go blue for any other Wolverines <laughs> out there. But I went to the University of Michigan and I actually started out in the athletic training program. Um, so I was on the sidelines helping athletes with injuries and in the school of kinesiology, learning about the body and learning about physiology and anatomy. And all of those things really sparked my interest, but I took a little bit of a pivot. I didn't want to be so deeply involved in sports. 
um, so much so that I was on the sidelines. I even went through a sports broadcasting phase still in the sports industry, but a little bit more with a focus on communication. Uh, and I actually landed, so I landed in the end in marketing, which is what I work in now full-time at a marketing agency. But my passion, my love for athleticism, for the human body, for the human connection really stems from growing up in a life of athletics, as well as growing up with a very spiritual, very loving family and background. So for me, when I got out of college, like every 21, 22 year old, I had no idea what the hell I wanted to do with my life. I just knew that I had a few things that I really liked and it felt like none of them had to do with one another. It felt like I had to pick one thing and run with it and let go of everything else. And for me, I quickly realized I was wrong. I quickly learned I could work in marketing as a project manager and grow my career. And I could also find these little bits of fitness and little bits of inspiration around my career. So I honestly just woke up one morning. I love going to yoga. I love working out. That's always been big for me. And I woke up one morning, I went to a yoga sculpt class. And after it, I was like, I think I can do this. This gives me a little bit of that speaking that I used in, in sports broadcasting. It gives me that connection that I always strive for. It gives me the fitness. And it gives me a little bit of that, still that marketing, that business aspect, that making my own brand for myself. So for me, yoga became a passion when I was able to realize that I could connect the dots. I could find little pieces of everything that I love and then make it my own and use that energy to inspire other people to also do the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, even just, uh, I can even think back and remember during your class, um, you speaking about flow. And I, I know that's a, a pretty popular um this terminology in the yoga community. And um, I imagine, you know, you realizing this is what you wanted to do at such a young age, such an early age. Um, when you do have these classes and when you do instruct, um, you enter that state of like flow to where it's like, you don't mm-hmm. really even feel like this is necessarily a job or something that is uh, work for you. It's, it's essentially, I'm helping pe- helping guide people to help them become a better better person that day to help them uh, uh get through some type of trauma maybe they've dealt with or some type of uh negativity maybe they've dealt with and um just getting people away from the current day to day and really just locking in on that is is um is what I would, would kind of take from it what I have taken from from yoga so I think that's I think that's amazing and so even with that like talk about you know e- like you you don't just wake up one day and become an instructor you know? <laughs> it's like you there's things there's steps that you take there's there's right. maybe people along the way that inspires you to continue to want to do it maybe there's friends that you friendships that you've created that you know continue to push you that way and so like you know, how you know what makes you really really confident into what you do because there's a lot of there's a lot of people who start things and and have a lot of energy pushing forward on on things um in the beginning and then they they constantly they, uh they sort of kind of tail off or fall off from it for whatever reason and so what's what's kind of continued um your passion behind it and, and you continuously wanted to push it because i imagine you want to you want to be an instructor you can be an instructor for the rest of your life and i imagine that's something you'd love to do mm-hmm. and so what is ultimately um 
what is maybe a person who who, who inspires you uh, a moment or you're like this is something i'm going to continue to do like the friendships that continuously push you that direction um what would you say yeah so i would say not necessarily one person for me but going through the teacher teacher training journey i should say um was an incredible experience i think i to your point yes i did wake up one day and realize I wanted to do it, but it took months and months of process and training and inspiration. So going through the program, learning about the history of yoga, learning about really just human connection and how you can use yoga to connect mind, body, and spirit, and then Mm -hmm. teach that out to a community. That's what stuck with me. It wasn't the fitness part of it, the how many calories you burn, um, having a six pack. None of that is my why. Mm -hmm. My why is the connection and the ability to impact other people's days. So when I first started teaching yoga, I quickly, quickly realized that my favorite part about class was the conversations I was having after class. So of course, I love being in there dancing and singing and just having a good time while I teach. But after the class, when people come up to me and say, hey, I was having a really shitty day. And what you said really stuck with me or hey, I'm going through a really hard time right now. I want to share something with you and I want you to know that you completely impacted my day for the better. That's my why. That is everything and anything that I care about has to do with those connections. And so for me, it's about taking those connections and seeing what else I can do with them. So I started teaching at just one studio and a lot of people do that. They teach at one studio, get a very consistent schedule. I realized I wanted to reach more people. So for me, it was about going into different communities and impacting instead of staying within one and impacting. Um, So I got to a point where now I teach at three studios. I've also taught at events. I've taught at Athleta. And I do a lot of these teachings just for free to reach people, to connect, and to put myself out there and to network. And I think that's also a really important part for me is, like you said, it's, it's not something that I do for the money it's something that I do for the impact and it's really important for me that it remains a very authentic and organic part of my life and even now I think this connects perfectly to everything going on in the world I'm still teaching just free virtual classes on Instagram live on zoom wherever I can and for me the reason that I'm doing that is not to just get a workout in the reason that I'm doing that is to show people hey I know that the world is weird right now, but guess what? You can still take a class with me. Guess what? You can still do yoga if it makes you feel better. Guess what? There's still things that can make life feel a little bit normal when it's not. So it's 100% just about like the high that I get when I'm impacting people, when I form connections, and when I meet people, my regulars become my best friends. So it's all about that for me. It's People think it's all about, you know, coming out of this with a six pack and losing weight and (laughs) like none of that shit matters to me. This is just how can we uplift each other and build a community? And that's why I teach yoga and that's why I'll keep teaching yoga. Sure, sure. And it's community, like you said, community, connection, uh, all those things that, you know, we've talked about this before, just the mind, body and soul and Mm-hmm. how that all intersects and connects into 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 one and especially in a time like this where we're we're limited with our options of of staying connected um we're not able to gather in large groups we're not able to do these 
fitness classes. Uh, we're not able to do much of anything in large group settings. And so um, with with these ideas of you doing things with, through Instagram Live, through Facebook Live, th- doing Zoom calls, like these are creative ways to continue to keep uh, your community strong and to continue to keep your connection strong. Um, and I think that's a big thing that I, uh, I would take away from just hearing you speak about this is that mm-hmm. even though we don't have the easy way of just, oh, there's this random bar that we can just go to and hang out at, or there's this there's this nightclub or there's this event happening where we can go and meet people. There's still creative ways for us to to keep our community intact and to still um, be connected to people. And, you know, I think that's extremely important. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so we're talking about we're talking about you as yoga instructor and that's what you do part time, but you, you do have a full time job and speak, speak a little bit about that. Yeah. So I work at a digital marketing agency full time as a project manager. So that's my super organized, super diligent, super just on top of things from around nine to around five because I'm flexible and that's why I love my agency. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it, I'm always in this limbo, right? Because the amount of times I've gotten the question, hey, are you, when are you going to become a full-time yoga instructor? Or when are you going to do this? And when are you going to start your own business? And I think that For me, I've thought about those things. I've thought about how would teaching yoga full-time work into my life. And at the end of the day, I'm very lucky to say that I love my job and I love my coworkers and I love who I'm surrounded by during the day. And I'm also very good at my job. And I think that being good at something that you also love, which is also how I feel about yoga, it makes you want to stay and it makes you want to get even better because it's always room for improvement. So for me, my day job is something that I'm proud of because it makes me better in chasing my career, but it also allows me to be better at my passion of yoga because it is flexible and because it is a realistic um, amount of work and a realistic time management. And so I'm just very grateful to work somewhere um, that is so such a great environment. You know, our office is dog friendly. Mm-hmm we are able to work remote whenever we need to. So it's just, it's a very human experience. And I know that if I did not have that flexibility, did not have those connections, I mean, my coworkers are some of my best friends, which I know that also very rare. And I'm just grateful. So I think, you know, loving your job and also being able to pursue your passion, to pursue your hobbies, you're getting the best of both worlds. And there is a time in many people's lives where they shift and their side hustle becomes their main hustle. And I'm sure that's in my future somewhere, you know, who knows, but right now I'm just, I'm happy where I am. I'm chasing, (laughs) chasing my career of project management and I'm chasing my Mm -hmm. career of yoga instruction. And I guess I see it as why if I can do both and I like doing both, why not do both? Because I think I also learn so much in communicating with my clients that I can apply to yoga and in yoga I learned so much about mindfulness and about self-awareness and connection that I can apply to my agency and that only lifts us up on both sides so I feel as though my my contributions to the world feel very multifaceted in my head and Mm -hmm. so I just I like being able to apply wherever I can right we're we're naturally multi-dimensional beings and so we we have the ability if we put our minds to it to do mm-hmm. 
things that may be outside of our day job or outside of our hobbies that could have us exploring different parts of ourselves. I think that's what's what's most important is to realize um, there's a lot of there's a lot of of stuff <laughs> that yes. that we're made of, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of things we can push ourselves to do if we desire to do it. Absolutely, um, and I feel like that's that's the that's the path that you're taking to really explore, um, which is amazing. Really explore like who you are and really explore your capabilities and, and continue learning. And that's what, that's, um, I believe what we all should be striving to do is just continue learning and and just Mm -hmm. continue to try stuff. Um, I went out, I went out the other day. Um, I was taking, taking photos with a friend and, um, I was, <clears throat> just trying to teach her really how to just start and not really dwell on the outcome like not really dwell on oh this photo is going to be bad or this photo is going to be good but really just focus on doing and like focus on the act of I'm out here taking the type of photos that I want and I'm learning while I'm doing it uh, I don't believe there's a good or bad that's just there's just something that we do and right. whatever the result is Either we try and get better at it or we um, just are content with where we are. But I'm just a big believer in, in, in just doing, just doing things that even if we're not quote unquote good at from other people's standards, it, it, the fact that we're doing it is enough. And so Absolutely. I think that's important. That's important to, to do. And, um, you know, even with you, like you, you keep even within this entire um you know, pandemic that we're dealing with, you keep, you keep busy and that's important. I, I think that's important is to really tap into other things to keep you busy. And so what are the things other than obviously your work and, you know, doing, doing your yoga instructing through, through Instagram live and through zoom and all those things, what other things are you doing to just to keep busy um, that you're just, just trying to tap into within yourself? So there's a lot, I would say, first and foremost, just being outside is, the biggest thing for me going for walks going for runs sitting out on my patio on the weekends that's the biggest thing is the fresh air and I think the so far with being quarantined my biggest takeaway is holy shit I have so many things that I'm grateful for that I didn't even know that I was grateful for and to me that's the beauty of all of this mess is I started running and I'm I do not like running but going outside getting fresh air getting a workout in makes me feel incredible. So that's something I've been doing a lot. Um, I don't, I usually don't have time to cook. I work three jobs and I'm always on the move and I've been slowing down and cooking meals and making random things like homemade hummus and homemade tortillas that I've never done before. And it's just like this trial and error phase of just kind of having fun and using my time for things that are, are mindless, but still creative. Um, you know, I'm a huge journaler. So mm-hmm. I take a lot of time also just kind of laying on my patio and writing things, writing a word and then surrounding it with everything that comes to mind. Like a lot of fear. Fear is so big right now. And I think also speaking about what you just said, like the thing that holds people back from just starting is that fear. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people right now in this time have realized how much time that they have on their hands. And I don't think anyone should feel pressure to do anything with this time. If you want to lay on your couch, and watch Netflix 24 hours a day, you do that, and I fully support it, right? But I think it's also 
there are situations of fear being like, hey, now that I have all the time in the world, it's not that I don't have enough time. It's maybe I'm scared to take that first jump. I know I've been faced with that, you know, like even coming on this podcast for me, it's like, wow, that's a scary thing to do. I've never been on a podcast before. Mm. I can't say I don't have time. I can't make an excuse, you (laughs) know, like (laughs) I'm going to be sitting in my home. This is something I've always wanted to do. So what is it? What is that fear holding me back? Is it I'm going to say something stupid or what are people going to think? And all of those things that we get so easily wrapped up in day to day, when you're able to let go of that fear and just be, I think you see so many things clearly. So I've been able to journal a lot about that and my experiences and how to really dig down into myself and figure out, like, first of all, what the hell is fear even? Because before I started going to therapy, I had no idea what fear was. That was, my definition was not accurate. So sitting down in this time where everyone is so fearful and writing about fear and how it's manifesting in all of our lives right now, I think is powerful. So that's journaling for me. Um, Obviously, like you said, yoga, working out, watch a ton of Netflix. I've gone through like six Netflix shows. I'm not ashamed of that. That's something we should all be doing is just chilling out on the couch. Lots of naps involved. So I've been busy. Like you said, like I... I like to move and right now the universe is telling us to slow down and I'm listening, but I'm just finding new ways to do things that are maybe less chaotic, but still being productive and busy. Uh, Yeah, that's 100%. If you have TV shows on Netflix, you know, I know a lot of people are watching the Ozark and the Tiger show. If you have those (laughs) things that you that you want to Tiger consume. King, and, oh, Derek, Tiger King, Derek. There we go. Tiger, Tiger King. What, what, whatever the show is called. <laughs> if you have things that you want to consume, you have the complete right to do that. I think it's important that we relax. We have to relax. Um, and it, that's what these shows are for, to be consumed. And it's up to you if, you know, really how much you consume them. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it, for me, it, it, I think it's important, and I think you believe this as well, is like having that balance. And so mm-hmm. having that balance of where you can consume your Netflix, drink some wine, relax, take take a load off, and enjoy your, your relaxing time. That's extremely important Absolutely. because it makes the work, the hard work you put in through the day, it makes mm-hmm. it that much more gratifying and, and that much more uh, accomplishing when you, when, you, when you do get to relax. So that's important. Absolutely. You know, and we're I not think able to take. For, their balance is different for everyone also, right? So for some people, like I'm just, and I think you're the same way, just a very busy, active person. I like to be moving. I like working out every day. Those are things that make me happy. So mm-hmm. for me, my balance is doing a lot of those things and doing a lot of nothing and sitting on the couch and drinking wine and watching movies. Whereas some people like working out doesn't make them happy or being on the move doesn't make them happy. And so I think for someone else, balance might look like, hey, maybe I'll go for a walk today while with my dog, and then maybe I'll sit on the couch for the entire day, and that's going to fulfill me. And yeah. I think that's something special, too, is, like, people are putting so much pressure on how other people are spending this time, thinking, like, okay, 50% of your time, you need to be active, and 50% of your time, you need to relax. And it's just not realistic. Like, balance, balance is such a spectrum. It's different for every single human being, and I think the most important thing right now is finding your balance and not finding what everyone else is saying balance is. 
Definitely, definitely. Let's talk a little bit about routine and, you know, how you go about your routine, mm-hmm. how you keep a solid routine, how do you, you know, especially in this time, because I know I've had my days where my routine has been all the way jacked up. <laughs> Most <be> days. days. <laughs> right. There'll be days where <laughs> I'll I'll wake up and it'll be 7, 8 a.m. And, and I'll feel productive early and get the things I want done. There'll be days where I stay up late till 5, 6 a.m. because I'm working on something or I'm just up and don't get, go to sleep and then don't get up until the afternoon. And so, you know, right now is a, is a very, from my perspective, and I'm sure there's some people that agree, right now routine is a very tough thing to, to kind of uh, tackle at, the, at, this, at this stage of, of having like a lot of limited time that we're able to to spend uh, doing things outside of your home, and so how do you balance that currently with your routine? What are what are some maybe some, some tips you can give people, some ideas of of how to get you know on track with certain things? Routine is huge for me. You can ask anyone in my life, my parents, my cousin, they would tell you I like a schedule. I'm a planner. It comes from my project management. I just like to feel organized, and it makes me feel settled when I'm organized. So. For me, my biggest thing is my morning routine. And when I say my morning routine, I mean, I do this like most days. (laughs) This is not like every single day I wake up and do this. This is just when it feels good, I do it. And when I want to ditch it, I don't. And to me, that's exactly what I need to do. So I have a very, a pretty standard um, schedule of sleeping. Unlike you, I do not stay up till 5 or 6 a.m. ever. I would not make it. Um, I'm usually fighting sleep by 11 o'clock. So I pretty much sleep 11 to seven on a normal day, like eight hours. And then a big thing for me is, which I guess would be a big tip for anyone looking for a more productive morning or, or a better sleep schedule. A big thing for me is I actually sleep with my phone out in my living room. So for me, my phone doesn't even go in my bedroom. It, it, I, I noticed last year how much time I was spending waking up and scrolling, waking up and letting other people's lives into mine or staying up late, getting on, getting through a rabbit hole on videos or, or Instagram, whatever it is. And so for me, my sleep improved drastically once I ditched the phone in the bedroom. So that's the first thing. Um, And then when I wake up in the morning, I do plenty of things before I even touch my phone. So I make my bed every morning. I brush my teeth. I open all my blinds. The natural light is very big for me. So I make sure my blinds are open. And then I start to get ready for the day. Right now, that looks like putting on a very fancy pair of leggings and a sports bra and a tank top, and I'm good for the day. And that's getting dressed. And that's where I'm at right now. I think most women could agree. But for me, getting out of my pajamas is, is a win for the day. So I do that. And then I drink tea every single morning so I make tea before I touch my phone again phone still has not been touched and then I start to settle down for the day so I'll either do some quick yoga just start to move go for a walk sit and read on my couch or do a quick journaling exercise Um, so I get a lot of journaling exercises from a few Instagram accounts like rising woman is a really good one Lisa Oliver therapy is a really good one just some questions to start the day with start your mind racing I also use the five minute journal so that's a really great tool it just has you 
you know, list three things you're grateful for, three things you want to accomplish in the day, and then set a daily affirmation. So I don't do that every day, but if I need something, a journaling exercise to do, I'll, I'll usually go to that. Um, and then once I do those things, so I'm up, got the tea, natural light, journal or move or something, then I, it's like a reward to touch your phone. Like for me, it's, it's like, we're all so addicted, or at least I'm so addicted to my phone that I do all of those things. And it's like, yes, now I get to see like, who's hitting me up or what's going on on Instagram, um, which is crazy. But I think that keeping everyone else's lives out of my life for the first hour of my day gives me a chance to set my affirmation and set my own tone before it's set by someone else, by a politician or by someone on Instagram that I shouldn't be following than I do and you know so for me I think it's just a, a matter of setting what my day looks like I'm also a very big fan of day visualization so sometimes before I even get out of bed I will just run through my entire day and what it looks like how I want it to go and then I get up and I live it so my self-time is really important to me I spend a lot of time on my own and I thoroughly enjoy solitude. So those things work for me. I think what people get so caught up in with the morning routine is feeling pressure to meditate, pressure to journal, pressure to do all of these things that maybe don't work for them. So those things work for me and they've worked for a lot of people. But I think my biggest tip for a morning routine would just be to find what actually makes you happy and not what you just want to post on Instagram because you know that everyone else is doing it. Like I did meditation or I did this, you know? So it's actually a matter of like, how do you want to start your day? How do you want your heart to feel before you engage anyone else? Like what are the things you can do to fill your own cup up? I think, I think from all of that, especially towards your ending, be an individual, know what works for you. Is what yes, I would take from that. All about that. And that actually speaks more to um, just talking about how you put your phone in your living room or you keep it out of your sleep space. Just control and mm-hmm. just taking control, not only just like physically taking control, but like mentally. I think that's a really tough task to, to kind of take, uh, uh, take on is, is just mentally taking control over your phone. Because Absolutely. I know from, from, my personal experiences, there'll be times where I'm like, let me put, I'm going to put my phone on my charger right behind me on the charger port. And I want to work on my computer somewhere and in the back of my mind. I'm like, man, I wonder, I wonder if I, how many comments I got on that new post I just posted. Yeah. Or I wonder who, who saw the, the new story that I just put it on my, on my Instagram. And so you're just dealing with all these men, this mental conflict with mm-hmm. uh, having control. And it's just like, that's even, you know, something else to speak on is, is how do you find that mental control? Because you do use social media um, for the work that you do. And, and how do you find that balance? Do you do anything like maybe block schedule out your use on social media? Like you say, you don't check your phone until a certain time after you've mm-hmm. got everything you've, you've wanted to get done out the way. And so what, what are some things you do to take over that, that mental control over your use on your, on your phone? It's hard. And like I said, especially in this time, it's especially hard. So I live alone. So I'm not having human communication really at all right now, except for a few interactions. So for me right now, my phone is like my, my segue to all of my people. So 
I, I'm not even going to tell you what my screen time is at right now because it's absolutely absurd. And I think that that's okay. Um, that's, every, but, that's everyone though. Everyone's dealing with that now. Everyone. Yeah, it's very inflated. They should turn that off. But I think for me, it's just about consuming what makes me feel good. So unfollowing accounts that cause me any sort of jealousy or fear or the feelings of being upset. Um, I don't have news notifications on my phone right now. And that's been really big for me in this time, knowing how fear inducing all the headlines have been. Um, and so I think phone consumption, social media consumption goes beyond how much time you're spending. And it's more about what you're spending your time on. I personally, Absolutely. I love Instagram. So I spend most of my screen time on Instagram. I love seeing what my friends are doing. I love the people that I follow. I love being all up in celebrities business, but I actually don't care about stuff like that is stuff that actually makes me happy, you know? And I think that it's important to recognize that and to be okay with that. As long as you are also recognizing that if you do have accounts or situations on your phone that do not fill your cup, do not make you feel good, you're getting rid of them. Um, like you said, I do work in social media. So a lot of my job is social media management half the time when it's the end of the day, I've been on Instagram 50% of the day because I do a lot of it for work as well. Sometimes I want nothing to do with social media from 5 p.m. And I know that and I put my phone down and I do something else like coloring or drawing or journaling that doesn't require my screen time. I think it's also pretty insane how much time us as millennials spend on screens in general, not just our phones, but like I have my laptop, I have my big monitor, I have my iPad, and then I have my cell phone. And there can be a time in the day where I'm literally active on all of those things. And so it's also about being mindful about what we're exposing our brains to, how much time we're spending, allowing that light to come into our eyes and allowing ourselves to be so drawn away from what's going on inside of us and just focusing on the external factors. So for me, it's, it's just, again, it's finding that balance. The balance is huge for me. It's finding that what actually makes me feel good and what do I think is just supposed to be making me feel good because that is a very big difference between those two things. And for me, it's different every single day. So finding, identifying those few things of, hey, I need this today and, hey, I really don't need this today. I don't want to be, um, don't want to be involved with that. I told you how the mute button on Instagram is really big for me. Muting those news accounts that I don't yeah. want to hear from right now. <laughs> it's a, it's but a big yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's a big button and it it's is. a self-care button in my opinion. It's like, hey, right. I don't want to absorb your content right now. I'm going to turn you off, but don't worry, I'll be back when I'm ready. And that right. is just taking control of your own mental health, own mental state, and also being able to acknowledge to yourself that that's not making you feel good you know I think especially as a woman um, with following other women on Instagram women can be so competitive and women can also bash each other a lot and I'm all for women empowering women and instead of bringing each other down how can we lift each other up and there mm -hmm. are those accounts that as a woman maybe it just doesn't make you feel good to see something that's so focused on body image or something that's so focused on weight. And I think it's perfectly fine to disassociate yourself with those things, but there's sometimes a sense of guilt of like, oh, why does that make me feel bad? Or why does that impact me? 
And I think that's where the control is. It's like, hey, you don't really have to understand it, but you still have control over what you're consuming. So how can you remove yourself from that situation and show yourself respect for even being able to do so? Mm-hmm. I just think back being like a, a 16, 17 year old and I didn't have a phone when I was in high school. I didn't get a phone until I was in college. And, and I, just thinking back to where we were when it came to cellular devices and what we used them for. Um, and this is what, I mean, 15 years ago, this isn't a really long time ago. And so you think about now kids growing up these days and, and, and why they use cell phones. Um, mm-hmm. For me, growing up, it was it's completely different. We we only have phones because we needed to make calls. But now right. it's become much more of a bigger idea and a bigger use. And I just even can think of back when we didn't we didn't have anything that was uh, connecting us um, through a phone. Whether it was we just had like a Game Boy or the the small little gaming system, which they still have today, yeah. but. <laughs> That was the only option. <laughs> like, yeah. if I'm outside with friends, like all of some of my friends had Game Boys. Some of us had like the the uh, the Sega the Sega handhelds as well. And that was the only thing we had as far as like the, those type of devices. And so I can I can just remember back to when we didn't have those, and I, I I couldn't imagine being that age and growing up with these mm-hmm. these cell phones. You know, and I, I don't know. Can you yeah. can you remember back the times when there wasn't? You know, yeah, iPhones, like, I, from, from your perspective, what, what was that like? I remember very clearly, and I I think that kids growing up with so much access to technology, it is just killing human-to-human connection and communication. And I can think, yes, definitely think back to my parents having, like, Motorola brick flip phones when I was little. Um, mm. I, didn't get a, I didn't get a phone until... I want to say in middle school, I got one of those phones that had like four buttons so I could call for emergencies and then getting a real phone in high school. Um, and even then, like, I think that my year, my around my age group were the, the final age group that really remembers like having to play outside and not having a cell phone and not having an iPad or a tablet. And I remember when I was a junior in high school, Snapchat coming out and that was like a huge ordeal of connecting with people in so many ways and that and Instagram came out also when I was in high school and so I think even having access to these those two apps alone in high school was a really hard thing because you are seeing so much just body image and you're uncomfortable and you're like awkward and you know like all these things (laughs) happening you're just like comparing yourself to everyone and when you're 15 16 you have no idea who you are, who you're becoming. And it's just this sense of no like wishing you could be someone else. Um, and so I do remember that shift of like no internet to all of a sudden everyone has internet on their phone um, from the beginning of high, school, of high school to the end. And I think that definitely for myself caused a lot of just identity and self-consciousness and um, lower self-esteem, but also for I'm sure everyone felt a little bit of that. So I think mm-hmm. it's it's crazy to think of now. I mean, people in middle school have like TikTok and are, you right. know, they have all of these things. I mean, even kids every 
almost every kid that's like one year old has a tablet now. I wouldn't have even known, you know, when we were kids, we wouldn't have even known what to do with that if it wasn't like a huge brick toy that you have to manually play with. So Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting and I think it's interesting. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see where we're at in society in 20 years when all of these kids are in college and beyond and how social skills and how communication has evolved because you can even see it from like my generation and and under me a little bit starting starting to shift where we're less comfortable with eye eye contact and we're less comfortable with public speaking and we're less comfortable with just looking at someone and having a real conversation without a phone in our hand so Mm -hmm. I definitely remember and I miss it a little bit, but I also do want to say on the flip side of that, like it gives us a lot of power and a lot of connection to have the phone as well, as long as you are using it in a healthy way, which I feel like you're probably not in high school. So it's just, it's interesting and it's the natural evolvement of technology and it'll continue to shift. Um, But Right now, I just think we're, we're at that point of we're going to start seeing the effect that it's having on our society within the next 10 to 20 years. Sure, we definitely will. And I think every generation, there are things that happen um, that were ever-changing that kind of transformed that generation um, that they had to suffer, you know, as you say, suffer the effects of whatever that mm-hmm. big, boom was you know from these effects you talk about the 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 baby boomer um generation you talk about um the the generation of i'm not sure when the the generation of the hippies and uh when when woodstock happened and and that generation with the with the uh the growing use of psychedelic drugs and you talk about um even like the 90s generation how um there was a huge influx of how hip hop grew through the generation of uh, of, mm-hmm. of music and became the forefront really of a lot of music. And you think about now with technology and the way it's transformed how we consume uh, content, um, it's just it's forever changing. And so who who really knows from 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 now until like you said twenty years? Um, I mean, I think we're just going to be in, inside everyone's home. Everything's going to, yes. <laughs> everything's just going to be transparent. It's like, yeah. I'm going to be able to maybe virtually walk into your home and sit down with you and, and have a, have a cup of coffee. And mm-hmm. it's just going to be, I'm going to be in the, the comforts of my home or, yeah. you know, it, it could be, it could be that, uh, it could be that extreme, you know, but um, I could definitely see it happen. I could, I could definitely see it happening. So we're all, we're all going to be robots and yeah. not have to talk to each other. <laughs> Verbally right. to actually communicate. That's right, right. It's yeah. like our bodies won't even matter at this at yeah. that point. Um, and so just to just to wrap things up, um, you know, I appreciate you coming on. It was really fun just to hear your story, just hear your perspective on just um, how 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 you've been feeling through this quarantine. Um, how you stay connected with friends. Obviously, talking through your journey as a as a yoga instructor, a digital marketer, your time in California. Um, just to wrap things up, what's something you'd want to leave uh, the, the people with as as a, as like a parting gift for your exit off of the off of the off the show? 
Oh, that is a great question. You didn't prepare me for that one. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. You know, big question. I'm going to give you a big answer. And I think that it's just love. It's practicing love day in and day out and understanding what love is beyond just I love you or I love myself beyond saying those things. It's about how you're interacting with the world and especially how you're interacting with yourself. So the little things, every single moment of your day, how you are speaking kindly to yourself, how you're treating your body, how you are communicating with others and how you're taking in communication with others as well. I think that there's just so much to be said about moving about this world with a loving heart instead of a fearful heart. And that could be a whole other podcast episode we could dive into is love versus fear. But I think right now, especially in a time where fear is, it's trying so hard to take us all down and it's not going to do it, but it's trying so hard. I think combating that with love and with kindness and with being a decent human being, like just be a damn good person right now. I think that's what this world needs and I'll never stop loving myself, loving everyone around me, loving around me, loving the world around me. And I think if everyone would just bring a little bit more love, whatever that means to you, it's different for every single person. Just bring a little bit more of it into life right now. And I promise, I promise, I promise it'll shift your perspective just a little bit for the better. Wow, that was, you couldn't have said that best. Better. I couldn't have said it better. I don't think anyone could have said it better, Kayla. Um, once again, this was wow. This was fun. This was fun. Yeah, thank you for this having was, me. Oh, thank you, thank you for coming on, Kayla. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can expect to hear a new episode every Tuesday. To show support, leave a review and share this podcast with friends. Thanks, and see you next time. <laughs>